You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 6th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode, we'll talk and talk and talk about the Magic's 124-116 overtime loss to the Denver Nuggets, a game packed with a lot of issues. Today, Today's episode is all about issues of all kinds, of all stripes. But yes, we're going to talk about that game, break down what happened, what should have happened, what could have happened, what didn't happen, everything to do with that game. Uh, a frustrating evening for the Orlando Magic in many ways in, in a game that really shouldn't have been frustrating and, and maybe some misplaced frustration. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into all of that coming up on today's show. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA looking to get the Nuggets perspective on this game. Surely not as frustrated as the Magic are about this game. Check out Locked On Nuggets. Looking to get a leg up on the Indiana Pacers? Check out Locked On Pacers. There's a Locked On podcast for you covering every team in the NBA with the excruciating detail that you come to expect from me here on Locked On Magic. Looking for a national perspective? You can, of course, check out Locked On NBA and their many great guests, as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball for the fantasy basketball perspective. You can find all these podcasts on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your team every day. So, uh, where to begin with this game? A 124, sorry, 124-118 loss. I, I docked the Magic two points. To the Denver Nuggets, you know, do you start with the good? Do you dive right into the frustrations? Or, or where do you go? Let's just... Do the nuts and bolts then. The Orlando Magic down by five with about minute 58 to play in the fourth quarter. Scramble to come back in the game. Tying it on a wide open Terrence Rossery. A perfect bit of execution. And a game where the Magic were just scorching from beyond the arc. Making 23 pointers in the game in 49 attempts. Shoot 40.8% from beyond the arc. You should win games. Especially if you're hitting 23 pointers with the Magic. Needed all 20 of those three-pointers because their defense was not good tonight. And it's something we'll talk about in a little bit. But their defense was not good. They fouled a lot. We'll talk about that in a little bit. They gave up a lot of open shots. They they, they, they allowed points in the paint. They allowed penetration through pick and roll. They were not good on defense tonight until they had to be, until the very end of the game and, and, and in moments when... They dialed it in. They were very good. I mean, they they went toe-to-toe with the best team in the Western Conference um, without playing a great game on the defensive end. Their offense carried carried them through this one and gave them a chance to win. But they can look back at their defense as the reason why they lost this game. In overtime, Orlando shoots just one for nine. They still have a chance to win, but several key mistakes, whether you agree with them or not, Key mistakes cost them down the end. It was not just about getting one stop. It was about getting multiple stops, which the Magic could not get time and time again. And then the Magic compounded those mistakes with mistakes of their own, of their own doing, not execution mistakes, just simple, smart basketball mistakes. 
With two minutes ago in the overtime period, the Magic trailing by one point. So very much in the game. Evan Fournier tries to front Nikola Jokic and frankly does a good job. But perhaps, maybe, possibly, probably not. A little too physical on the front of Nikola Jokic and the officials call a foul. His sixth, Fournier was livid. He was extremely livid. Uh, He appeared to shout an expletive at the official. And so not only was he taken out of the game because of of fouling out, he was ejected with a second technical foul. It was not a good look for anybody. Jamal Murray makes a free throw, drains a three-pointer, a one-point game becomes a five-point game. Now, the refereeing we'll talk about in 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 a moment, but... Regardless of how bad the officials were, and if you listen to Brian Hill and and you listen to everyone else and a lot of other people, the officiating was bad, and the officiating caused a lot of frustration for the Magic. We'll talk, again, a little bit about that later on in the show. The one thing you cannot do is allow that to hurt your team. And that's what Evan Fournier did in that moment. It, It was a frustrated act. It was a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a selfish act, but... It was certainly a frustrated act that cost his team dearly. A one-point game turning into a five-point game on one possession because of one mistake hurts. And whether anyone on the team wants to admit it or not, Steve Clifford certainly didn't after the game and a back and forth that I had with him, that, that really deflated the team. You could tell frustration was boiling over because, yes, Despite the Magic and the Nuggets committing the same number of fouls, 19 fouls from the Nuggets, 23 from the Magic, Denver shot 37 free throws, the Magic shot 8, and the Magic didn't shoot any free throws until the fourth quarter. At least the Magic made all 8, but they did not get to the foul line. Now, some of that is because the Magic moved the ball exceptionally well. When they got into the paint, they found open shooters. Those shooters made shots, open shots. The Magic didn't just take 49 three-point attempts on a whim. This wasn't like early games when they took a lot of three-pointers and just felt like they were settling. No, they took open three-pointers. I wouldn't ask this that team to drive more than they did. They were taking and making three-pointers at a high rate. But yeah, there was frustration that The Nuggets were getting cheap, easy fouls and trips to the line. And the Magic, when they got hit the same way, weren't getting the same benefit of the doubt. Regardless of any of that, the Magic still had a chance to win. And they had a big mistake with two minutes ago that cost them. Fast forward to 24 seconds left in the game. Orlando unable to corral an offensive rebound. Again, down by three at this point. Jonathan Isaac tried to grab an offensive rebound. Bounced off of him out of bounds. Denver's inbounding the ball. Jamal Murray comes around to Nikola Jokic screen. Replay shows he clearly steps out of bounds. The refs don't call it. And instead, Nikola Vucevic reaches in for no reason. Literally no reason. Four seconds on the shot clock. 24 seconds left in the game. Vucevic reaches in. Gives the Nuggets two free throws to make it a five-point game. And that is all she wrote. Again, you can complain about the officiating all you want, and you have a point, 
That's not the reason why the Magic lost this game. Magic lost this game because they gave up 54.9% shooting to the Nuggets, a, a strong offensive team. They gave up 37 free throw attempts. Again, whether you agree with that or not, they gave up a ton of foul shots. They failed to adjust. And when the chips were down in overtime, they made some bad plays that cost them the game. So chalk it up on the board as another one the Magic should have had that you have to hold them to account to. That yes, Orlando played a fantastic offensive game. One of their best offensive games of the year. They played and stood toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They, they, you know, clearly learned some lessons from the last game. They made some adjustments defensively. They, they locked down when they needed to. They had every opportunity to win the game. And they let it slip away. Not the referees. They let it slip away. I'm sure the Magic will send some plays to the NBA office. I'm sure the two-minute report tomorrow will say that this call was incorrect. Certainly that one with 24 seconds left was. I'm sure there will be some vindication that yes, referees did not help the Magic. They made mistakes that hurt Orlando. But that's the game. That's basketball. What isn't the game is to struggle on defense the way the Magic did. To make these boneheaded mistakes that compound issues that the Magic had all night. That's not acceptable. Not for a playoff team like the Magic. And, you know, as I think it, it, seemed, it sounds like, uh, I think what we saw on Wednesday night was a game of two playoff teams. It, it had a very charged atmosphere. It was two teams playing really well. The Magic and the Nuggets both played. I thought they, they had some mistakes. They had some flaws. They weren't perfect, but they played well. They played at a high level. It was a back-and-forth game that really didn't, you know, 21 lead changes, 14 ties. Biggest lead was Nuggets by 12 in the first quarter. The Magic led by as much as six. That was a game of two playoff teams in December, mind you. But you could tell that they were both executing at a high level on offense. Those are the kind of games the Magic have to learn how to win. Those are the kind of games the Magic have to win. And once again, they let it slip through their fingers. They put themselves in a position that they couldn't come back from. This is a team that's going to come back from a lot. They're resilient as hell. But an opportunity missed nonetheless. And the Magic hopefully won't regret it come April. Because they let frustration win the day. And we'll analyze that frustration in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to uh, run through the box score real fast. A couple of really nice performances in this one. Nikola Vuce, uh, Evan Fournier with 26 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 6 for 10 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds for him. Before fouling out, before the frustration uh, with that technical foul, Fournier was having a really nice game. He camped out in that right corner, in that left corner, and was just draining threes all night long. Denver kept losing track of him, and he kept making shots. And the one time they actually had him, he beat the shot clock buzzer with a fadeaway turnaround three-pointer from that corner, just automatic tonight. Uh, and it was good to see Evan Fournier get some shots to go through the basket. Still struggled a little bit with his drives. That's when he ran into trouble, but spot-up shooting, spot-up three-pointers, get him more of that, get him more involved in that part of his game. And he'll break out of the shooting slump, and hopefully the conference will return to drive to the basket. Um, you know, certainly Fournier 
felt some frustration thinking he was fouled on some of his drives, which is more than fair. Evan had a had a strong game, and uh, but you know, you know, outside of that technical foul, outside of that moment in overtime, excuse me, he played a fantastic game. So kudos to him as well. Nikola Vucevic, 24 points, 11 for 19, shooting 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 15 rebounds, 4 assists. You know, I, I hate saying this because I say it every time, typical Nikola Vucevic game, worked the post real well. In fact, really the only issue with Nikola Vucevic's game was that his teammates didn't get the ball to him enough. He was open on several occasions behind the three-point line, and Evan Fournier or Jonathan Simmons or Aaron Gordon or even DJ Augustin just couldn't get it to him, couldn't find him. Sometimes it didn't even look like they were looking for him. Um, but he was open and available in space. He posted up really well, did a good job on Nikola Jokic, actually. Jokic with only 12 points, 5 for 13 shooting for him. Uh, did have 13 assists, though. Um, it was a solid effort from Nikola Vucevic all the way around. Uh, definitely a, a game that he can be happy with. And, and again, I think for the Magic individually, a lot of games that they could be happy with. As a team, that it was a game where they gave where they really should have won and gave themselves a chance to win. It's more... Not that the Magic played poorly, it's just they're disappointed with their execution in the end that, that that cost them this game. Aaron Gordon had 19 points, 8 for 19 shooting, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 5 assists for him. Uh, he was very determined, I thought. Um, you know, Shooting percentage wasn't great. Um, I think he tailed off as the game went on. But he was very determined to make something happen this this game. And and throughout the night, um, you know, after a little bit of a sluggish start, he committed a foul on Paul Millsap. It really woke him up. He started attacking a lot more aggressively, um, getting to the basket, making his three-pointers, uh, coming off curls, and, and just draining threes. It was a really good night for Aaron Gordon overall. Um, I, I thought his determination on the glass was good. His defense was really good. The Magic put him on Jamal Murray in crunch, in crunch time, and he did a great job limiting Murray, actually forced the miss on the game-time, ba- on the go-ahead basket at the end of regulation. Uh, and the, had probably... The best play we're going to see all year long, or his best dunk all year long. Finishing a behind-the-head reverse jam off a putback in traffic. There were two or three players around him when he grabbed the ball and flung it over his head for a dunk, for a putback dunk, in a big moment in the fourth quarter. I mean, we talk about that the mailman pose uh, on that dunk against the Pistons in a big moment. This was a much bigger moment and a much trickier dunk that was just, had Twitter buzzing. It was, it was a great play from Aaron Gordon, uh, and, and you know we're, we're seeing him begin to assert himself again coming off the injury, so good game for him. Terrence Ross, another solid game, 17 points, 6 for 12, shooting 3 for 9 from beyond the arc. Um, coming around curls, he's just unstoppable, uh, so really nice game for him. Uh, overall, I thought that uh, I thought that Ross was good, was a very good um, you know, I thought Ross is just doing what he does and just firing away and, and making shots, making tough shots, getting off curls, and 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 the Magic are running a lot of plays from that that game tying basket at the end of regulation was drawn for Ross, executed perfectly, got him so wide open he had to think about it a little bit and make sure he was so wide open he was he made it we went to overtime uh, Ross just doing a lot of really good things Bo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac both with 11 points Isaac four for 11 shooting one for seven from beyond the arc. Um, a little shot happy. The shot still looks a little weird to me. Um, it, he has to get it in rhythm. Has to get the release point just right. So I, I think there's still some development he has to do with the shot. The shot form just looks a little weird to me. Still, still a little forced. Um, but when he gets things going, he gets things going. And his defense, of course, was extremely good. With the Magic down by six and the Nuggets looking like they were going to pull away in the fourth quarter, 
uh, he and Mobamba helped dig out a loose ball that that I think really sparked the crowd, sparked the magic, uh, and, and got them back into the game. Really got them uh, more engaged into the game. So um, Isaac just flying around, making a lot of plays for Orlando overall, and Mobamba. After a few games, really looking like a rookie, looking like a guy who is, you know, not above his head, but, you know, struggling to adjust to the new speed of the game that that he's playing, uh, he really stepped up as well in this one. He uh, uh, made his jumpers, was shooting confidently, uh, changed a few shots, blocked a few shots, still had his foul trouble. He's a rookie after all, uh, but overall, uh, a really nice game for Mo Bamba. The Orlando Magic, again, shoot 47.4% from beyond the arc, 40.8%, 20 for 49 from three, just eight for eight from the line. Can't miss any free throws. If you don't take any, they took they made, they took eight, they made eight, so good job there. Um, and more importantly, I think, out offensive rebound of the Nuggets. The Nuggets were the top offensive rebounding team in the league. It was a big part of their win a few weeks ago in Denver. Denver held to just four offensive rebounds, Orlando with six, so not a lot of second-chance opportunities for either team. That was a big reason why Orlando stayed in this game. But Denver, their offense was just too much. Jamal Murray, 31 points. Paul Millsap, 18 points. Duancho uh, Hernan Gomez with 14. Monte Morris with 13. Just contributions up and down the roster from the Denver Nuggets. They shoot 54.9% from the floor. 11 for 19 from beyond the arc. And 23 for 37 from the foul line. Just too much for the Magic to recover from. Too much uh, for them to get over the Denver Nuggets defeat the Orlando Magic 124-118 to 118 at the Amway Center to sweep the season series. Before we tidy things up here and talk a little bit about the frustration that the Magic felt at the end of this game, uh, you know, I want to let you know that uh, I want to let you know that that there is a cold front coming. We could feel it in the air tonight. I'm not going to keep quoting Phil Collins songs because I don't really know any more other than that one. But nonetheless, it was a cold evening in Orlando. I walked, was walking around the Amway Center. It was a bit nippy. I, I think I left, I left my door. I was, I left to go to, go to the game uh, in the afternoon. I was like, "Whew, it's a little chilly today." Uh, wasn't expecting that. Let me go grab a sweater. Uh, because yeah, it, it, it gets cold here in Florida occasionally. Get like two or three days in the 30s. One of those days is coming up. Uh, at least at night. So have your tarps ready for your plants. And uh, nothing's better for a tarp. Nothing's better for a plant than a tarp to keep it warm. Nothing's better for you to keep yourself warm than action heat. It's the world's best battery heated clothing. It's heat on demand at the touch of a button. Action heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels. Some of your heated car seat, those always feel nice, even when it's warm. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Very cool. It's a perfect gift for any family or friends. Just uh, great for anyone who works outdoors, skier snowboarders, or anyone that just hates being cold, which I think is all of us because we all live in Florida. At least I do. I, not, I know not all of you listeners are from Florida. But so this might be more useful to you than it is to me. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. It's available in men's and women's size and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. You can make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth 
and ActionEat is the perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm this holiday season. We've got a special deal right now going on for our listeners to save up to 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything ActionHeat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Stay toasty, warm while you enjoy your all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. Thank you. Thank you guys for sponsoring our podcast. The Orlando Magic have played a lot of close games this year. Um, I, I was doing the numbers as I was looking at uh, my questions for the for the second quarter of the season, which I've talked about on the podcast already, but I'm, I'm writing them down for Orlando Magic Daily. You can check that out tomorrow. The Magic, at least for the first quarter of the season, had played the most close games of any team in the league. And by my count, only six of their games at that point were considered blowouts or, or not close games. The Magic had won only just one. So they're playing a lot of close games, and they've succeeded in a lot of close games. So they're used to playing in these tight pressure situations and finding a way to compete in at least half the time win. But something was different Wednesday night. For the first time, really all season, we saw frustration boil over. We saw frustration bubble up and infect the team isn't right, but put the team at a disadvantage that they haven't otherwise been this year. And the end of the game didn't dissipate that frustration. Yes, Orlando knows it has to play better defense. It has to be more controlling in the pick and roll. But something else clicked, a little bit of an edge that was missing from this team. And it wasn't used positively in this game, but Orlando just got tired of getting pushed around by everyone. Or maybe Orlando was looking for someone else to blame for something that they were struggling with. I mean, it's the same thing every day, man. Like... Every day we come in, we see on the board that we're 30 in a free throws attempt. Nothing changes. We're one of the team that never complains, and every time we say something, we get a technical, which is terrible. I think tonight's 33 to six or something like that. So, numbers talk, man. Indeed, those numbers do talk. It's been a problem. I, I think I've talked about on this podcast. It's a problem I know uh, Steve Clifford's talked about, and it's a problem that's dogged this Magic team for the last six years. Orlando cannot get to the foul line. Orlando has struggled to get those easy points to buoy an offense. And they're doing it even worse this year. To this point in the season, the Orlando Magic are last in the league with a 19.9 free throw rate. I don't know if that's the number that that Evan Fournier is seeing in the back, but yes, the Magic are not getting to the foul line. Essentially, a a free throw rate is free throw attempts over field goal attempts. How many free throws do you attempt per field goal you attempt? And those numbers have been dropping a little bit as as field goal attempts begin to shoot up around the league. But Orlando is not getting to the line, period. They're the only team with a free throw attempt rate worse than 20%. And they are by far the worst team at getting to the line. Not, Not making or shooting free throws, but getting to the line to begin with. And certainly the frustration 
was big in this game because of that huge disparity, 37 free throws to eight. And I'm not one, and I'll fully admit this, I'm not one to blame refs for anything, but it was tough to say that the fouls that the Nuggets were getting called were not the same fouls the Magic were not getting called. So yeah, the frustration is real. Whether, whether and, and Steve Clifford equivocated a lot during his postgame, you know, anytime he was asked about the free throw disparity or or the fouling, he deflected to, I got to see the tape. I'm not going to pass judgment until I watch the tape, which to me suggests that that he's going to send a lot to the league and, and, and deal with it internally because during the game, he certainly was not thrilled with the refs and, and, and let that be known. Uh, and I think also some of it is to bring, and then he also deflected it to the Magic's poor pick and roll defense, which I think also speaks to, you know, he's not going to give the team the excuse of the refs got us this time. Because that's, again, not true. It's certain, that's 100% not true. The Magic were not getting fouled. That's why they didn't go to the foul line until the fourth quarter. They were going to the basket, kicking out to open three-pointers. Denver's defense wasn't fouling them. There They were. The Magic were fouling. So maybe the Magic need to put more pressure on the interior defense to get more foul calls or who knows? But the Magic were frustrated. It's very clear. They're frustrated by all of this and trying to find a reason why this is happening, why the team is getting to this point. Aaron Gordon had a theory, theory probably born out of frustration, but a theory nonetheless that gets to another matter worth discussing. It's horrible. It's horrible. Does start to work on you guys out there on the floor? Of course. Of course. It's just tic-tac after tic-tac that they get and then we come down, same type of play. Uh, I feel like the refs are more worried about what's on the front of the jersey than watching the actual game. That is an interesting thought from Aaron Gordon, that the Magic aren't getting the benefit of the doubt because they're the Magic. I joked with several members of the media that if Aaron Gordon does not get fined for that statement, it almost proves his point. If the Magic are being judged because it says Magic or Orlando across the front of their jersey and not given the same respect, then that's a problem. But the problem is not the officials. They're human. They make mistakes. They made plenty in this game. And I believe the two-minute report that comes out tomorrow or Thursday will clearly show that. No, no. The mistake, the, the place to put the blame is not on the refs. Because respect is earned. And the only way to earn respect in this league is to win. The Magic are slowly gaining that respect. But like 
everyone, and I, I don't think this is just something about basketball, like everyone, yeah, there's a little bit of frustration when the respect you feel you've earned doesn't come as quickly because, yes, the Magic are 12-13 and 13 now. They're leading the Southeast Division. They're in seventh place in the Eastern Conference. They are in playoff position. And yet, there's the guarded optimism for sure, but there's still a general belief that this will all fade. That this is still the same old magic that will get pushed around and pushed over. The magic did face a lot of bad calls and and, 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 and a lot of bad odds. Some of it of their own doing. Some of it a little bit out of their control that for whatever reason, it felt like everything was working against them. But what the Magic have to do in this moment is not point the finger at the refs, not point the finger at the officials, not let that frustration become negative. What the Magic have to do in this moment is fight for that respect come together more and take the game out of the ref's hands. The Magic have played so many close games, something like this where a mistake was made that cost Orlando was bound to happen. As I have said on this podcast and say to friends and say online to as many people that will listen, good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. Because of stuff like this. Now the Magic, they're going to be a 500 team. Which, which is fantastic. Would love that. 500 teams play a lot of close games. And the difference between finishing with 43 wins and 32 wins or 35 wins is how you perform in those close games. The Magic are about 500 in those close games. You expect to finish around 500 in close games. So, they're right where they need to be. Let's, let's not go crazy here. But the responsibility to make up for these calls is not to get frustrated and get angry at the officials, which is what happened Wednesday. And yes, that cost the Magic the game. It wasn't the bad calls from the officials that cost the Magic the game. It was their pick-and-roll defense, which was terrible for most of the game. They, They cleaned it up in the fourth quarter and parts of overtime. And their frustration getting the best of them. Steve Clifford would not say that frustration got the best of them because the Magic have largely been good in close games. And maybe I phrased the question wrong. It was clear that frustration on this night won the game. But at the same time, after Fournier got ejected, the Magic's urgency picked up. They came together. They got galvanized more. This is a team that unlike previous years, When the chips are down, when their backs are against the wall, they fight. They they execute a little harder. They get a little more desperate. They play with more focus and intensity. Exactly how you want. The Magic were down five with a minute 38 to go in this game. Minute 58 to go in this game in regulation. They don't come back from that last year and force overtime. They forced overtime. They executed a perfect play to get Terrence Ross the game tying three. And then they played great defense on Jamal Murray to force overtime. But what they cannot allow to happen 
is to let that urgency, that intensity become frustration and let that frustration bubble over. They can't allow what happened in overtime to happen when they make silly mistakes that, again, cost them the win because throughout this year, they've turned that frustration, that fight into positive momentum, into positive energy that has helped them win games that they shouldn't have won, that has helped them stay in games that they probably shouldn't stay in. I mean, 23-pointers is unreal. But Orlando had no business being in this game. They gave up 37 free throws. They couldn't get to the foul line. Refs notwithstanding. The lesson of this game should be a reminder that yes, there are going to be a lot of pitfalls and and a lot of adversity to overcome from a strong opponent playing well to, yeah, the officials making mistakes. And everyone's human. Everyone gets frustrated. Evan Fournier's initial reaction was fair because I thought he played great defense on Nikola Jokic to front, front. And if he's not allowed to be physical like that, you might as well just give Nikola Jokic two points. But he took it too far. It cost the Magic four critical points. And late in the game, Nikola Vucevic, not knowing time and situation or, you know, getting frustrated himself that Jamal Murray had stepped out of bounds and trying to force a replay, perhaps, or I don't know what he was thinking. But that foul ended the game. The Magic still have to keep their heads about them. They have to use that frustration and, and that anger Turn it into something positive, and largely they have this year. And the most important thing coming out of this game is not to let Denver beat you twice, not to let this moment beat you twice. They need to play with this kind of edge on Friday night against Indiana. And the Magic need a little bit of an edge. I like that they're pissed off about the discrepancy in the fouls. I do like that. but they can't let it cost them on the court. And they have to, as they seem to do, recognize where they need to adjust and need to improve on the court to prevent this from being from happening again, from putting themselves in the position for this to happen again. So Friday's another test, another big test, I think, to get this team back on the right track, to put this frustration aside and turn it into something good. And yeah, to get back to 500, which I still think is pretty important for this season and for this team. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I'll be posting my five questions for the second quarter of the season, already well underway. So we'll talk about some of the big issues, some of the big questions I have for the Magic as the second quarter of the season continues. Orlando is still very much in the playoff race, so don't lose sight of that. I'm not sure I will have an episode of Locked On Magic for tomorrow. The Orlando Magic taking on the Indiana Pacers on Friday at the Amway Center. We'll certainly recap that game on Monday's episode if there's no episode tomorrow, um, but uh, there's 
there's still the potential that that I'll that I'll do do an episode then. Um, but we'll I'll 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 try and keep you updated on online. Follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily or at lockedonmagic for an official announcement. But that's going to do it for me today. Once again, the Denver Nuggets defeat the Orlando Magic 124-118 to 118 in overtime. Orlando's record dropping to 12-13, and 13, still in the playoff race, um, which they will be for a while. Um, but uh, a disappointing and disheartening loss, a frustrating loss for sure at the Amway Center. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.